Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Customer Experience Radio. Brought to you by Heineken Company, real estate advisors specialized in corporate relocation. Now, here's your host, Jill Heineck. Good morning and welcome to this very special edition of Customer Experience Radio. I'm your host, Jill Heineck, and I'm a business owner, a real estate advisor, and a customer experience enthusiast. As many of you know, my boutique real estate group has specialized in helping families move with a job for the last 20 years. So I'm excited to have Paige Holden on the show today to talk about her company and how they're delivering a great client experience in today's climate. Paige is the president of Zonix Relocation, a third-party relocation management company, or RMC as we call it in the industry, based out of Wilmington, Delaware. And they, uh, they are hired by corporations to facilitate executive moves. For those of you that are unfamiliar with relocation management companies, they typically serve as an extension of the company, an outsourced relocation department, if you will. The main goal is to alleviate the administrative burden of relocations by managing all the moving parts, pun intended. So um, I want to welcome Paige. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for having me. Of course. Good to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you. Um, I know that we have, normally we have our uh, um, our May, our spring relocation conference that has now gone virtual. Um, and so kind of bummed that we aren't all getting to be together in person. But um, I'm glad you're able to join us today and talk to us a little bit about um, what's happening in your world as it relates to relocating uh, executive employees and their teams and yeah. what you're seeing. But first, let's start, like, kind of give us a little background on you and how you got there. Uh, well, uh, this would be my second tour at, at Zonix Relocation. <laughs> um, in full disclosure, I'd be the second generation um, at Zonix. I, uh, I was with Zonix, actually, and I think we might have met back then in, in 2010. Um, and my, uh, my goal with Zonix at that time was to develop a, a more robust marketing and thought leadership platform for the company. Um, it was back in the time when like Twitter was new and um, <laughs> all of these social media and these digital tools were coming to play. And, um, and that was my focus then. I did leave Zonix for a little bit to go do some startup work. I, I, I wanted to, to build something from the ground up. I think it's in my genes. Uh, Zonix was started with an entrepreneurial spirit, and I just felt like I needed to, to pursue that. So I went and I, I did two startups. We brought them to a Series A close. It's in the boating industry, so as far away from real estate and relocation as you could get. Um, but it was a ton of fun. And when I felt like I had learned... Um, tools to be a good leader, tools to come back into a business environment like Zonix. I came back and I came back to Zonix in uh, September of 2018. And it's been off to the races ever since, um, getting the team together. And then we're building all sorts of new toys and, uh, you know, that we're looking forward to emerging with when we get out of quarantine. <laughs> so what is your role right now? And what are you doing? What's entailing your role now? Um, right now, um, a lot of uh, a lot of it is leadership, right? Coming into a company um, and getting to know your team, making sure you have the right uh, players in the right seats, doing what they're good at doing, um, so that everyone's operating towards positive goals and success. Uh, of course, um, now in the time of COVID, that leadership role is critical. 
right? You want to keep the gang together. We're all remote. And so a lot of the job today is keeping in touch and making sure everybody feels like they're still part of the Zonix family. Um, and in addition to that, I'm back uh, with my background in marketing and, um, and IT uh, spearheading new technology and um, marketing campaigns. Excellent. So are, how are you feeling about being back? I mean, I know it's been a few years now, but I mean, is it, you're not just focused on your fun marketing stuff that you were right. doing before, right? So how is that adding like another layer to um, your day? I mean, are you feeling like the marketing still is a big part of it or are you having to delve more into operations? And Yes, I, it feels great to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned so much when you start a company from nothing, from a, 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 a ping pong table in the basement of your buddy's house um, to raising $6 million. It's uh, you learn by fire. You learn a lot of lessons. You get stronger in a lot of ways and you're forced to look at other areas of the business, not just marketing, which had historically been my path. So to come back with those skills was, was huge for me. Um, and I'm enjoying being able to use the tools that I learned um, at Snagus up in Oasis, the name of the, the companies that, that we founded um, here at Zonix. Uh, and again, a lot of that is leadership. A lot of that is identifying your team and making sure that you have the right people in the right roles. I do get involved in operations. I definitely um, went around and uh, tried to meet as many of our supplier network as I could in the first year. I was at all the ERC events. I was at all the local <laughs> events. Um, we are also a women business enterprise. So I was at all the WeBank events, which is right. the Business Enterprise National Council. Um, just getting out and meeting and greeting and understanding what had changed in the industry since I left or what were things that I just didn't know because it wasn't my role to know them. Right. That was that was a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, marketing will always be um, part of my sphere just because that's my history and my background and my knowledge. Um, and thankfully, my experience in digital tools has um, been profoundly helpful in this time um, because Zonix, historically, uh, an office environment, a traditional office environment, in one week, we went to a full virtual remote office um, with everybody on the same page. I'm so impressed with my team. And a lot of that is just having knowledge of tools that we can use, be it Zoom, be it Slack, um, to keep teams together in a remote place. And those lessons that I've learned throughout my career, and of course, with Snagus up in Oasis, have been instrumental in getting us through this COVID time. So that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, you know, now that you know, within a week, you're virtual. Mm-hmm. How are you keeping your teams cohesive and engaged so that they can continue to provide and deliver, you know, the, the experience that you've come, your clients have come to expect um, while you're virtual? How is that working for you? It's working really well. Um, and we talk about customer experience. We're, we're here at a customer experience show, and I'm a firm believer that, um, you can't deliver a good experience for your customers if you're not doing well yourself, right? It starts with your own company and it starts with your own, we call it the Zonix family, um, being healthy and being happy. And so when this started to unfold back in early March, uh, Zonix made the decision to release, to, you know, to get everybody working from home before the states required it. 
um, gave us some time to get accustomed to the idea before we went into shelter in place, which, which was helpful, that forward thinking um, approach to just getting everybody set up and comfortable before, you know, we, we the, the bad, the, the right. new steps coming in. So that was step one. Step two was just getting everybody on the same page about what virtual norms look like. So we moved the company over to Slack, which is an online platform where teams can engage and talk to one another. I felt really strongly that we needed a place for all of us to congregate. And uh, we, we started that immediately. And we have norms. So everybody, you know, we check in with each other every morning. We say goodnight to each other. Um, at the end of the day, we have channels for the specific teams and we've prioritized Slack as our number one communications channel for the company so that everybody can feel engaged and understand what's going on um, at the same time. And then also show their personalities a little bit. You know, it's funny, I'm learning more about the people on my team through digital tools Uh than I knew in a traditional office environment. (laughs) Because it's, you know, we share a sense of humor or someone's telling right. a joke or I can see how they're interacting with one another. And that's been, I think, great for the whole group. So everybody feels connected. We've also done little things like for Easter, um, we had a contingent of us drive around and drop cupcakes off <laughs> at uh-huh. people's homes. Um, and we've done mailings and we've done mailings for our clients. We've, we're sending our clients um little, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're the hook extenders that you can hit an elevator button with, or you can open up. A- oh yeah. So one of our team members actually has a printer and he made 25 of them and we're going to send them out to our clients as a touch point. So it's finding ways to engage with your team, even if you can't be there face to face. And thankfully we've done that. And then in, of course you just have the IT networking aspect of it, making sure everybody has a laptop, everybody's uh-huh. uh, got a webcam so that we can see everyone's face on zoom and um, so on and so forth. Unfortunately, because it was part of our business continuity plan from the get-go, we were able to roll that out very quickly as well. So you're feeling like, you know, you were, you were well prepared culturally before, and then it was just easy for you to transition and make maintain that culture virtually. Absolutely. It was, it, it's, it's, it's an incredibly proud moment. Mm -hmm. I think for everybody that has a stake in Zonix and its future. And um, I'm just really grateful for the team. I have truly blessed that everybody was able to kind of rally and adapt as quickly as they have. That's, um, that's not always the case, but uh, we're a very close knit company. Our average tenure is 10 years. Wow. Um, and so it's really a family when I say that it's like, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. And, um, and everybody jumped on board and I actually think we're going to come out of this even stronger and closer. And, um, I'm looking forward to that day that we can all gather in our (laughs) offices and kind of celebrate what we were able to accomplish. So how big of a team do you have now? We are about 30 people now. Mm -hmm. Um, and about 25 in office with five, you know, satellite folks. Excellent. And so from a customer experience perspective, um, what are kind of the cornerstones of service delivery for you at this point? And, and it has anything changed since you gone, you went virtual? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, nothing has changed. And in terms of our service delivery, except for perhaps we are probably 
um, touching base even more than we normally would have just because we have a compassionate group of people who really want to help. Um, Zonic's service has always been one of our differentiators. All of our counselors who deal with uh, homeowner transferees, for example, are licensed, active licensed realtors with CRP credentials. And then the folks that handle our global population are all global mobility specialists. So even before COVID, we felt that we needed to, the best way to support our clients was to, to provide them with counselors that truly had on the ground experience, especially in real estate. Um, and that's helpful in any case, but it's uh -huh. helpful now when we have transferees that, um, you know, do I sell? Do I not sell? What do I do? And how do I go through this? And how do I walk through the process? And, and it's actual realtors that are counseling them. So you know, that's, that's been instrumental, but it's really no different than anything that we've always done at Zonix. Uh, right. And being remote doesn't change the way that we can counsel our transferees and it doesn't change the way that we can counsel our clients. And in fact, it's, it's, we're so intensely focused right now on making sure that everybody is okay. I think our service delivery is probably stronger and better than it's ever been before. Um, and, uh, because with relocation, there's a lot of compassion that's required and empathy that's required on a good day. Uh -huh. and, right. uh, and then you add the, the COVID into the mix and you have these folks that, you know, have worked with these transferees for so long that care about them so much. Uh, it's just, it lends itself nicely to, um, to our group because I know our group is the right group to, to help cancel, counsel these nervous transferees. I will tell you that um, as a real estate agent on the ground here working with transferees, it does make a big difference when the relocation management company is working, is employing consultants that are licensed, that have understanding behind it, have maybe potentially have worked in the field before on a team or individually, uh, but just have a good understanding as to what the transferee is going through. Um, and, and I think with that partnership with the, uh, you know, the local agent, I think that makes such an amazing, um, team for the transferee. Um, mm. so I really do appreciate that. And I think you're absolutely right. It makes a huge difference. Um, so generally speaking in your view, what would, how do you measure or how do, what does a successful client experience look like to you? And I know that that could run in two parts. It could be the actual corporate client mm -hmm. who is engaging you. And then the experience of the transferee, which is, I say secondary, but that it's really not secondary. It's actually the reason they engage you, right. um, you know, for counsel and for help with the transferee. But, you know, where do you see, how do you measure that success? Where do you see things that are happening the best for your company right now? Well, from the transferee perspective, um, we measure success with performance questionnaires throughout their, their move. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at just um, metrics, we, we do that. Um, and we have always done that. And we've always done interim mm -hmm. checks as well um, so that we understand what's happening with the, with the move beginning, middle, and end, and we don't just wait until the end of the move to, to get feedback, right? Because we want to mm -hmm. ship if the ship isn't right. going in the right direction. 
Um, anecdotally, what does success look for us in this time? You know, I review, we call them PAQs or performance questionnaires, and I review them on a weekly basis because I just like to know. I don't know. I'm curious that way. And uh, I guess uh, yesterday I was reviewing them probably in preparation uh, for speaking to you. And um, one of the comments was, I just want to say my family was so scared. We didn't know if we would be able to sell our home. We didn't know if we'd be able to get into a new home. This is a transferee that's working for a company on the front lines of providing necessary services to the entire United States. Um, I didn't know what to tell my children. I didn't know what to tell my wife. And you held my hand every step of the way through it. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And that's a true amazing um, that we got from a transferee moving in the middle of all of this with so much uncertainty. Um, it just left the impression on me that that counselor, she really went above and beyond. She really made a connection with this family and she made them feel safe. And, you know, even though we have some struggles out there in the relocation industry right now, I mean, the, the regulations from state to state, from county to county are different even. Right. Um, to, to be able to work through some of the supply chain issues in Relo and not let that family feel it is just, to me, that's success. I have to agree. If they don't need to feel that, that is our job to alleviate. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. That's a great way to measure that success. So what are your corporation, your corporate clients saying to you in this time or even before? um, What are some great examples of um, how you've been able to serve from a corporate perspective? Yeah. So the biggest, um, when this all kind of, when this started, we, 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 we had the first wave of what do we do? And I think every relocation company probably, you know, what do we do? We've got, we've got global assignees out there, um, all over Europe. We've in Asia, we've got, uh, you know, people in temp living that are supposed to be leaving temp living or coming into temp living and you know what happens. Um, so initially a lot of it was to, to, to pause, those and assignments and get the information and not not make knee-jerk reactions and then and then collect as much information as possible to guide our clients in the right way so in in some cases that looked like your your global assignee just needs to stay put for a few months Mm -hmm. in uh, Hong Kong or whatever and in 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 other cases it means you know what maybe we're going to have to extend temporary living on the front end right because they can't move on the back end and the, the challenge we have in Relo right now, again, is it varies market to market, state to state, county to county, policy to policy. Right. Um, and so the biggest piece of advice I could give for anybody in this right now working with clients is you just really have to understand your client's goals. Um, have the conversations about what is a reasonable exception to policy in this time. Mm-hmm. The, you know, counsel that there might be some additional expenses as we incur more temporary living costs, or we can't get these houses sold as quickly as maybe historically we could, although we haven't really seen too much of a problem right now with mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just managing the expectations, having a plan, and understanding each individual circumstance, and then communicating it effectively to the client. We have an amazing chief customer officer who's been 
reaching out to them on a regular basis to understand changes in their programs. Um, and certainly if we start to see some trends that are going to impact that client, getting ahead of it um, before it becomes a fire drill is our goal. So it's kind of... So talk to us a little bit about what is happening with those assignees that are outside the U.S. that potentially were coming back before this all went down. They were supposed to come back to the U.S., mm-hmm or coming to, for an assignment on in the U.S., what happens? I just can't imagine. I was just on, I listening to the news and how people have been stranded on, you know, um, cruise ships for all these yeah. months because oh. they just weren't allowed to come back. So what happened? How are some of your clients managing this? For the most part of our clients have just had everybody stay put. Um, just we've extended uh, living arrangements, um, and, uh, you know, it's just been a shelter in place. Uh, right. We don't know exactly, you know, visa and immigration is going to vary, um, you know, drastically from country to country. Um, so the immediate reaction is everybody kind of stay put, let's be safe, let's shelter in place, and then see what happens um, from a visa and immigration perspective, coming back into the U.S. or, or, or going out and, and, and what happens there. Um, and I think we're still, I think we're still trying to gather that information. But right now, for the most part, our clients have kept everybody where they are. And so are your counselors, um, do they have a special additional layer of communication touch points where they're reaching out to those that are sheltering in place where they didn't expect to be this long and just checking in with them and seeing, you know, what else can they be doing to help them kind of assuage the tension that might be happening? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what we do. And because Onyx works with a a single point of coordination model for each client, uh, the folks that are out on assignment, um, they're accustomed to dealing and and working with one one specific counselor who's been able to build a rapport over time. And in some cases, we have assignees that have been out there for 10 years that have been working with the same counselor um, and so it's just that regular check-in and checking in with the client to see what they want to do and then checking in with the, with the assignee to make sure they're okay and then trying to arrange services as needed. Um, Excellent. So um, going back to the experience of the transferee, um, is it your practice to have, I mean, how many, how many uh, contact points is there for one transferee within Xonex and and is it just the one counselor contact or is there many people reaching out to this transferee and what what do you find works well and what doesn't uh, we ha- we have always worked with a single point of coordination model um, we feel that the transferee needs a, a person that they can trust that walks them through the whole relocation that, that will know and understand what's going on with their relocation, um, you know, as opposed to, say, calling a call, you know, a call center and getting flipped around um, to a group of people. So we have always, always had a single point of coordination model. And I think that's been extremely helpful in this time because mm-hmm. it helps to ease a little bit of anxiety. That being said, you know, there are some some cases, you know, we're coordinating a household goods move. They might have to set up their time schedules with the movers or walk through what the um, what the safety plan is or, you know, for for PPE or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. But uh, our counselors are always quarterbacking the whole reload. 
and we'll Excellent. be with them, you know, beginning, middle, and end throughout. So talk to me a little bit about how, uh, you know, you mentioned supply chain earlier, and I know that that obviously is another layer to Relo and how that can really impact the client slash transfer experience. Sure. So what is happening on the supplier side in terms of movers um, and just getting stuff from A to B? Yeah, right. <laughs> that whole moving part. It's such, you know, um, it's very, it's very state, state by state dependent. In some cases, county by county dependent. Um, moving companies, I, I, they are all taking more precaution. Of course, they're wearing um, protective gear, gloves, masks. Um, in some cases, I think in a lot of cases, actually, I know the moving companies that we're working with are doing virtual surveys of the home just to limit the amount of exposure. Um, How is that working? I think it's working pretty well. Um, I haven't heard any any reason why um, it wouldn't be working. And I think that there were some trends going in that direction before this even happened that mm-hmm. maybe have accelerated uh, virtual surveying. You know, we've seen with, with some companies out there, um, you know, they've gotten ahead of that. Uh, and now companies are catching up. So it's very interesting to see from a digital perspective what happens there. Right. But, but I believe it's working out very well. And it's certainly calming fears. You know, the, what we have run into transferees who just simply do not want movers in their home. Right. Um, and they're scared, They you know, and, and that's okay. And in those cases, maybe, you know, we can work um, with a self-move or a container move or something to that effect. But um, for the most part, virtual surveys, protective gear, and following, of course, all state and local guidelines for what, what businesses can do on the moving company side. On the temporary living side, we've had similar challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, there are rules, I know, here in Delaware, and I know in certain places around the country where short-term leases are no longer yeah. an option. So for those, uh, for those, you know, we have to work within the guidelines, either they have to stay put or we're, we're working with extended stays, maybe that, that, that can do something. But, um, the temp living that that's been a challenge in, in temp living. I know that for a fact, and, you know, I don't know when that will lift, but, um, yeah. And again, to your point, it's going to be state to state, it's county to county, city to city. It's, it is. There, and we've been there. lucky at least with the transferees that were already in temp living, that they've been allowed to stay. Right. Um, and that gets into the extension of temporary living in terms of policy and exceptions. And, you know, companies need to be aware that that's going to be happening, that you're going to have extended temporary living, which is going to drive temporary living cost. Right. Um, and then in the cases where we just couldn't do it, maybe holding the reload a little bit to see, you know, how things open up. I just had um, two families relocating from one from Chicago and one from um Florida, and they could not find, uh, it took them a while to find a temp. They, they have a family, so they didn't want to be in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do an Airbnb and they made a reservation and then found out like 48 hours before that they were like, you know what, we don't want anybody in our house. Right. And so then they're like, there's two other options in all of Metro Atlanta for us to bring our family of five. 
like this is insane. Mm-hmm. And they were luckily at the last minute were able to lock something down. But I, I can't imagine if you're doing a big, you know, a bigger move than one family, how hard that must be to try right. to coordinate this. And then outside of just logistics, you're talking about you're trying to temper emotions and, you know, when are we getting on the job to be productive and, you know, all these things play into it, right? Right. Um, so how have your clients been responding to you? How have they been interacting with you during this time? Um, I think that they've been grateful to have the support. Um, I know that we deal with clients in different capacities from company to company that have different responsibilities that go beyond relocation. Um, and so, you know, we try to be sensitive to that as well. You know, our, our HR folks out there are dealing with a whole litany of issues that, that just go so far beyond um, relo that, uh, you know, we just try to give as much helpful information as we can as succinctly as possible, um, understanding that they're, they're stressed and they're busy and that they're juggling a lot of balls um, in the air. Uh, just being there for their transferees, you know, solving problems before they before they, they get to the corporate client is, is the best way to alleviate stress, I think, across the board. And we believe that even in good times, right? It's our job to make everything look smooth and seamless. And I, and they, and I think that our clients really appreciate that, um, especially as they're juggling so many things. So providing good counsel, being there for them, being responsive, treating their transferees really well. Um, these are all tenets of Zonix's philosophy that go back years, but it's more important today that we, um, we, we have good communication and we have good practices and procedures and that we um, communicate effectively. When you say being responsive, what does that look like to you? Um, we have a sunset rule at Sonics. Um, so any, and it goes across the board from, from, from my desk to the newest person on the team. Um, and the sunset rule means that we don't end the day without getting back to whoever reached out to us that day. Um, even if you don't have an answer, even if you haven't, you know, solved the problem from soup to nuts, just letting someone know, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm working on your problem. It's my top priority and I'm going to start tomorrow and we're going to, you know, work through this. That's again, been a philosophy of Zonix for a very long time. It's been a practice we've put in place for a very long time. And I think it's, I think it's great that we have those um, procedures because now in the time of COVID, you know, you get more phone calls, you get more anxiety and it's important to be responsive. So what does responsiveness look like to me? It means that nobody goes 24 hours without at least a comment back that I hear you and I'm working on it. I, I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think um, no news is not good news for a right. lot of people, particularly in a transferee situation. And even me being, you know, one of the counselors that's helping during a reload, I, I feel like I want to hear from the relocation company or the mortgage company or whoever we're all, you know, I want to hear from those people that we've been trying to um, make sure we can satisfy the questions and the concerns of the client before the end of day. Nobody wants to go to sleep not knowing. No. And it's even, you know, which, you know, obviously, you know, as things come in, we want to put, we want to solve them. Nobody, you know, counselors don't want to have that nagging, you know, know, so um, it's amazing what the power of just 
amonic can do mm-hmm. to just alleviate concerns that 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 your concern has been acknowledged and that it's in process of, of being worked out. It's it's huge. It is huge, and I I don't want to get too in the weeds on um, tactics, but I'm just curious from a um, communications platform perspective. Do you and do your counselors? have a, uh, do your, do your counselors have a platform that they log in or the transferee logs into a platform where they communicate, or is it like just basic texting or email or calls? It's a combination. How are they communicating on a consistent basis? Um, it's a combination. So Zonix is built on its own proprietary technology. So we have portals that both the client can go in and see in real time what's happening with their transferees and assignees. And then we have a portal for the transferees and assignees that they can see what's happening in their in their relocation. We have mobile apps that help them do the functional things of moving, you know, mm-hmm. expenses and so on and so forth. Um, and And in our technology message boards that everybody can can watch and review and see what's going on. Um, but then there's emails and there's phone calls. Um, we try to walk through, you know, the communications channel that, that, that transferee prefers. Um, and so it can also be text messaging. It's every, you know, every transferee likes, likes to be communicated with differently. And it depends too on the issue. Like for me, even, yeah. Things I want to have a phone call. I want to have a phone conversation about. And sometimes I'm like, oh, just text it to me. And so we try to give the right text based on what the transferee has opted into and opted out of. But so we use all tools, and they can see they have their own portal to log into. Yeah. And you mentioned a success story a little bit earlier. I didn't know if you had another one that you that stands out in your mind about you know either a transferee or a corporate client who reached out to you to just. Um, let you know how well it was received your you know your program was received with the transferees I don't know if you had any other stories that you'd like to share um we do have a client uh and again um this one is uh also on the front lines of um actually healthcare client front lines of service delivery and um they were trying to determine how um doctors and nurses could potentially get into a temporary living environment um, because they didn't want to bring potential infection back to their families and to their homes. And um, we were able to do some research for them and start to understand the climate up where their hospitals are to see what we could do. Now, they they haven't gone forward with anything, but just the dialogue with them of thank you, Zonix, you know, the taking a traditional function of relocation, which would be temp living right. um, or extended stay and, and trying to uh, apply it to a completely different situation and walk through what the logistics and the cost of that might be um, was, 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 a, was, a, was a great exercise. And they may still decide to go that way. They, they haven't needed to. Um, but just the exercise of walking through that with them was, I think, pretty positive experience for our team. And it's always good to, to look at the services you provide and, and see where else they might be able to help um, outside of just traditional reload. I love that story. And I love, yeah. you know, going beyond is really kind of the theme of the moment, um, especially when people are putting themselves at risk mm-hmm. for us. And I have too many stories about 
um, being affected by this and being on the front lines and not having the support and knowing that there are companies out there that do that. Mm-hmm. I feel so much better. <laughs> and thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> you know, I, we, we are always going to try to find creative solutions um, for our clients. And I'm just grateful that this particular group hasn't had to do um, hasn't had to take those measures because they haven't been as, as impacted, which is a really good thing. That is a great thing. Um, so what um, pieces of advice would you impart on our listeners today regarding, you know, how you are continually serving, meeting and exceeding your clients' expectations? Um, well, I think what I would have always said, and it remains true today and is especially important today, is um, when you are counseling folks that are going through a major life change, which relocation is, um, patience, kindness, empathy is critical. Um, taking the time to listen is critical. And having counsel- the right counselors on your team who can do that work um, is, is so important. Uh, and, and, and this COVID situation has just highlighted that for me um, in, 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 in such a big way. And I'm sure, I'm sure for other people as well, how important human connection and human reassurances can be. Um, so I think we'll always reflect on this time and try to remember the human elements, even right. though they're apart from each other. Um, you see more connection happening in some ways. Right. You know? I mean, I know I'm doing Zoom calls with folks I haven't even seen in years, but it's it's such a great way to reconnect. So keeping the connection point on our transferees, making sure we're always treating them with compassion and empathy and trying to um, solve their, their, their problems logically and reasonably. And then um, for our corporate clients, it's really just listening, understanding what's happening in their markets, understanding what's happening in their personal roles. Because again, our client contacts wear many hats in many cases. And so being sensitive to the fact that um, that they are stressed and that they just need accurate information succinctly and quickly, and that we're here to support them when they ask. And that's what we're doing. And that's always going to be, I think, the recipe for effective customer experience. It's just being there. It's listening and being there and working as a partnership. I love that. And it's absolutely true. I think on every level of a relocation, but particularly when they are when they are looking to you as their partner and getting to the next from point A to point B and needing mm-hmm. to know all the things in between. Right. And Paige, I'm so happy that you were able to join us today. I really appreciate it. Um, hang tight for just a second. I want okay. to thank all of our listeners for, for listening today. We're proud to share the show, you know, because these stories will show how Um, There are companies out there who are actually prioritizing the customer experience as a legitimate business strategy. So um, no matter what industry they're actually in, the customer experience should always be at the heart of your business. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. 